Brothers and sisters, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the word of God given to us to challenge us and to challenge the world around us day after day. It is a living word. It is not a dead word. It is not something that exists as a historical artifact, something that comes from the past that we try to piece together and make fit for our lives today. No, it's a living word. It is God speaking to us, and it is God especially challenging us. Challenging us daily to repent, daily to convert, daily to change our ways, daily not to conform to what's going on around us, but to pay attention. Why? Because if we, if we do just kind of allow ourselves to be taken into the, theology, or to the uh, philosophy or to the thought of the world, it's very likely that we'll lose ourselves as human beings. The world does not, does not care about that so much. The world generally seeks to consume us, seeks to use us for its own means, for its own benefit. But God wants us for ourselves. God wants us for our own good. God desires our own good because He loves us. So in the world we are taught you know, since when we are young, at least uh, I was, and at least I think my whole generation was, to taught, since we were young, to be essentially revolutionaries, to be, to go out and change the world, to go make an impact on society, to go out and make a difference. And then we grow up, and we grow up in a society that is very successful, and it's very prestigious, and so on, and there's a lot of pressure to perform, there's a lot of pressure to be successful, quote unquote. A lot of pressure to conform to the things that are going around, around us. To fit a certain image, and to fit into a certain mold. But in order to do these things, to live up to the standards that are imposed on us, in order to live up to the standards that we are taught from when we are young, in the world around us, it requires a lot of activity on our part, a lot of effort. It requires a lot of hyperactivity. And that's kind of the sin of the age today. Hyperactivity. We are so distracted from the things that matter because we have so many standards to live up to that don't really benefit us as human beings. We are just trying to be what everybody is telling us to be. The world tells us in order to make a difference, in order to change the world, we have to do big things. And who are our heroes? Our heroes are celebrities. Our heroes are singers. Our heroes are big entrepreneurs, Steve Jobs and these kinds of people. People that invent technology. The problem with this is that, yes, we've made the iPhone, and yes, we've made the Android and whatever, but they haven't really done much for us. Actually, on the other hand, statistics kind of show that they've worked against us. They've made us more unhappy, more anxious, more distracted. So yeah, we've done great things. I mean, we've created all this technology and it's made our lives a lot more comfortable and easier. But have they really helped us? This is the question. We do all these great things, but they do, do they really benefit us? Are we fulfilling what we're supposed to do? <clears throat> I love this gospel reading today. This is the Gospel of the Annunciation. The angel Gabriel comes to Mary and announces to her that she's going to bear a son, that this, that this son is going to be the son of the Most High, 
he will take the seat of his father David and of his kingdom there will be no end essentially uh, announcing the coming of the Redeemer to the Virgin Mary but why do I love this uh, gospel reading so much let's put ourselves in the context of the gospel In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. This tells us a lot. An angel from God is sent to a kind of an obscure city somewhere in Galilee. Galilee is, I mean driving, it's three hours north of Bethlehem. It is just kind of a thrown away city. It was a made up city for people that were escaping uh, Herod. This is not a prominent city. This is a very ordinary city. I mean, it's kind of out in the boonies, essentially. To a virgin, so a young woman, to a virgin. She's probably at this, at this time 15 or 16 years old. Who's betrothed to a man named Joseph Another obscure kind of person, not really a famous, not a prominent person. He's a poor guy. We know that he's just a carpenter. And the virgin's name was Mary. Just a very ordinary name, like today. Mary is a very common name. Back then it was even more common. Everything about this so far is just very ordinary. Very normal, very day-to-day -day stuff. The scene is very ordinary. The context is very normal. In an obscure city somewhere, to just a young girl who's betrothed to some normal carpenter guy, poor guy, and an angel is sent to her. The scene is very normal and ordinary, and yet what goes on inside is the most extraordinary thing. What's going on inside is that the savior of the world is being announced. Now he's going to come, and she, this ordinary little girl, is going to conceive him. This is such an extraordinary event that St. Bernard of Clairvaux, he kind of reconstructs uh, the narrative a little bit. He adds to it a little bit, his own imagination, and essentially says that at the moment that the angel Gabriel asked, told the Virgin Mary that she's going to bear a son and that his name is going to be Jesus, he's going to be the savior of the world, all of creation, all of the whole world stops, takes a pause, it gasps waiting for the Virgin Mary's answer. And the angels on high and people below are begging the Virgin Mary, just say yes, just for this one time, accept this enormous gift of God, even if it's going to make you famous, even if it's going to make you prominent, even if it's going to give you this big title, the mother of God, we know how humble you are. Just for this one answer, don't be so humble. Or for this one answer, don't be so meek. Just say yes. Because when you say yes, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, is going to be consumed as a human person in your, as a human being in your womb, and He's going to save the world. All of creation, all of the world, is waiting for the Virgin Mary's yes to God, because all of creation wants to be saved by God. And without it, there is no salvation. And all this is happening in an obscure city, in Nazareth, with just a little girl, just a young girl betrothed to just some poor carpenter guy. She's in her home probably doing very ordinary things, day, daily tasks and things like that. Nothing crazy going on. 
What does this serve? What does this serve to teach us? The world will tell us that oh, go change the world, go make an impact, go make a difference. And what do you have to do to make a difference? Make the iPhone, create some new product, come out with some great theory that's going to change the scientific uh, field. Do all these really big, prominent things. Get your name out there. Leave a legacy behind you. But that's not the way of God. And this is where the challenge of the gospel comes in. The gospel challenges us daily to convert from the thought of the world to the thought of God. And in the thoughts of God, in the way God thinks, God does things in a hidden manner, in a silent manner. Mary's yes to God, simple yes to God in the, in the, in the very ordinary context of her life in that time, did infinitely more for the world than all of the technology, all of the medicine, all of the things that human beings have created combined in the whole history of humanity. What does this mean for you and I? Our daily yes to God, even in small, ordinary, daily task things, do a lot more to change the world and to make an impact than all the big things that we're constantly and desperately running after. It is in the small things that God speaks to us. It is in the small things that God uses to magnify and do great things for. Our daily yes to God in the small things when God asks us to do them is much greater than whatever our imagination thinks is great. And so brothers and sisters, we are now in the second uh, week of Advent. And Advent has this really wonderful character about it, that it, is, uh, it gives off the character of preparedness. We're preparing our hearts, we're preparing our souls for the birth of Christ. And that requires some kind of silence. And it requires that silence of the heart wherein we can hear the voice of God. Let us spend the rest of this Advent in a little bit more reflection, a little bit more prayer, with a little bit more silence. And try to hear the voice of God so that when He calls us, we can give Him the same yes that the Virgin Mary gave Him, by which God will do a lot more with than whatever our, imagine, or whatever our imagination tells us we can do, or whatever the world is charging us to do. Amen.